This episode of Experiences You Should Have is brought to you by Soul Blends, handcrafted in Oregon from botanicals to bottle, multiple healing balms, salves, and moisturizing products to bring life to your skin. Check out Soul Blends and use the code EYSH to receive 10% off your order. You're up at elevation on this. It feels like this area of a field that's on a ridge line, but pretty wide. And just the view of all of the mountains around you, and you feel like you're in this old, you can just imagine the old town that used to be there. It's own stone ruins that are, that are left over. Um, just phenomenal, absolutely beautiful. Welcome to Experiences You Should Have, your how-to guide for amazing experiences. I hope all of you experience seekers are doing amazing things. I've actually been stuck here in the smoke in Oregon as uh, we are in the middle of wildfire season and it is, it's pretty bad. Uh, so be thinking of me here in Oregon with the unhealthy air quality, uh, which uh, might change my voice a little bit for this uh, for this episode. But today we have brought Rob Wisnowskis back to the podcast. You may have heard his episode on hiking the CDT, part of his Triple Crown through hikes. And he has also talked about hiking the Camino. And today we're talking about the Salcante Trek in Peru, which is one of the routes you can take to get to Machu Picchu. Now, the Inca Trail is the one that most people know about. But the thing is about the Inca Trail is that it's extremely hard to get a permit to go on that Inca Trail. Rob tried. And his backup plan was to do the Salkante. And it turns out the Salkante has an incredible hidden gem that you will hear about later on in the podcast. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. Welcome, Rob, to Experiences You Should Have, or I should say, welcome back, as we have now done multiple episodes together. Uh, listeners, definitely go back and listen to uh, the CDT. Rob is a triple crown through hiker. Uh, we talked about hiking the Camino, and now we are headed to Machu Picchu. Welcome. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. Yeah, you are a wealth of information. This is really exciting because you are helping me with my bucket list, which is fabulous. Wow. I'm curious, where is this one on your bucket list? Well, okay, so it's not as high as some things, but this is, it's probably on my top 10, but it's not in my top five because... I love diving. Like I really love diving and I've got some dive spots. I still like really, like, I need, I need it. I want to go. Uh, I'm having some travel withdrawal right now. Actually, I was, I was supposed to take a true dive trip this week because I haven't gone in 
a year and nine months or something. And, and we canceled because of COVID. Uh, So yeah. 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 I'm sure you've seen tons of photos of Machu Picchu. So it's one of those places when you see it, you're just like, yeah, that like you got to go there at some point in your life just to see what it looks like. Cause the photos don't do it justice and the photos are awesome. Yeah. So when did you go to Machu Picchu? Uh, this would have been about four years ago. Yeah. Well done before the pandemic. Well done. Good job on your planning there. (laughs) Yeah. I planned it. (laughs) (laughs) You knew. (laughs) Yeah. It was, um, it was uh, perfect timing for me. It's, you know, just my off season. So I was able to go and get away for uh, a few weeks Mm -hmm. and, um, the yeah the the flights worked out i just i couldn't get my permit to go on the inca trail and i just said well i'm going anyway i had that thought of like maybe i'll just show up and there'll be an opening on this tour for the inca trail but if not this was the backup Um, yeah yeah so so you want to go on the inca trail you you couldn't get on the inca trail which that's the that's the preferred or that's the most predominant trail right yeah yeah, I've yeah. heard a lot of good things. I've had a few friends who've done that hike um, and just said it was amazing. Beautiful views the whole way. Um, of course, you have to go with a tour guide on that on that trail. You do not have to on the Salkati. Um, You don't need to go with a guide. They do have guided trips on this one. I just winged it and went on my own. But the Inca Trail, you do have to go with a guide. All right. So... So you went on an unguided trip, which you, I mean, you're an experienced hiker. You've done multiple through hikes. You've hiked thousands, one thousands of miles. Um, were you, were you alone? Who were you with? Like, take me yeah. to the scene of, of the trek. <laughs> the scene was um, alone until I got to the trail itself because I had flown into Lima originally and then I took a short flight to Cusco to get to, to, to where I knew I could get set up to get a bus to the place I needed to get to to start the trail. Um, so it was kind of like a couple flights and a bus. I knew I had to do at least that much. And who you meet along the way is just other people, either in hostels or in the bus or things like that. So I just I was just winging it the whole way. I just knew where my destination was and that I had to get there somehow. Yeah. Um, But I I literally didn't know how I was getting (laughs) from Lima to Cusco until I got there. And then I just booked a flight and then Cusco to, um, I think it's pronounced Molepara, where you take the bus to start. That's like the trailhead of this trek. Um, I, I just asked around in the town where I could find a bus and it happened to be a couple blocks from the hostel I was staying at. Perfect. And met a couple of people along the way that you'd either done this already or were going to do it um, the, either the next day or the day after. Uh, but through that whole travel to get there, I hadn't seen anyone that was right on the same trail as me. Yeah. So you couldn't get on the Inca. And so you're, you're now on this Sacante track. Yeah. What? what like what's the what's the weather like what does it look like i mean t- take me take me on the trek with you what was what was it like yeah so weather 
Beautiful. Uh, first off, though, you're at elevation. So the first thing you notice, especially going from Lima at sea level to Cusco, which is like over 10,000 feet, you're in a city that's mm. over 10,000 feet and you're just like sucking wind because it is not the easiest to breathe at that elevation. And, you know, at home, I'm only at, you know, 1100, 1200 feet where I live. I have the mountains around me, but it's just where I live is a lot lower. So just to start, when you get there, you realize you're in the mountains, like you're, you're up there and you see them all around you when you get into Cusco. It's, it's gorgeous. Um, easy city as far as like most places to navigate with taxis and buses and stuff like that. And they're all vibing for your um, business. <laughs> um, and then you can barter, definitely barter figuring out where you're going to go and how much you're going to spend. And, you know, all that's pretty normal, but then um, the city itself, easily walkable, you'll notice, you know, everything from people selling wares on the streets to like KFC um, other, KFC other. is everywhere. I was thinking KFC <laughs> in the most random places right. in the world. Exactly. So you'll see these things um, that you recognize, and then a lot of things that are just cultural, um, which are really cool. And um, just kind of the vibe about being in the mountains is is um, a little intimidating because you're you're feeling it already before you even find a hostel, or if you already know where you're going to go, or if you have a tour company, you book this through like you realize you're, you're in the mountains just as soon as you get to Cusco. Yeah. Wow. Then it's getting from there to Mulipada and that's just a bus. It's a couple hour drive away. And whether or not you do that with a tour company or you just hire a, a bus um, to get out there, um, it's just a couple hours and um, narrow roads, cool <laughs> countryside, you know, you'll be sitting on the bus and someone hops on with a, with a goat or a chicken or something with them, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, cool people chat. Yeah. Um, I definitely met a person when, after this whole thing, I met someone who fell asleep on the bus and woke up and all her stuff was gone. No like passport, camera, everything was all gone. Um, so it's like, watch your stuff when you're on the bus. Um, you never know traveling and in different countries, what things are like there. And, sure. Sure. Um, but then uh, once you get on the trail, once you get to Molipata, you actually have to find the trail and you can either use all trails. I didn't have all trails at the time. I just had a map. It kind of showed where it was. Um, and then there's like a, they have a toll, which was interesting. They stop at like an outpost where they collect a toll, which is set up for any rescue operations that happen yeah. on the trail. Got it. You know, it's like a couple bucks and then, um, and then they just drop you off in the town. Um, and from there you can actually set out. I just set out that day, started hiking. Um, or you can probably find a place in town to stay, get some food, get some snacks. It's a very small town. Um, and then the trail itself, when you start walking, you just realize right away things are, are it's a hike. Um, you're, dirt paths to start some dirt roads to get to the trailhead and you'll see the signs as you start going up the hills and the mountains you'll you, you know you're looking at the mountains in front of you just going yeah I'm, that's where i'm going um and you really feel it you really feel the mountains and mm -hmm. what you're walking into wow and so how long is this trail um 
the whole thing from Mulipata till you get to um, the other side of Machu Picchu is about 40 miles. It's probably a little bit more than 40 miles, um, depending on where you're walking to and how you're getting the end part walking mm-hmm. down because you end up walking down a road and the railroad tracks to get to Agua Caliente where Machu Picchu is. So it's about 40, between 40, 45 miles. Okay. So how long would that take the average hiker? About four or five days? Yeah. Um, three to five, depending um, on if you're stay if you're staying the first night on trail right at the trailhead area. Um, that kind of factors in a little bit, but I did this um, in three days, two nights on trail, and the third night was in Agua Caliente. Um, so three to five pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Whoo. Now what, so you're, you're hiking at elevation. Did you need to acclimate or do anything special for that? Um, <laughs> the, a lot of the guides and a lot of the people and a, a lot of the hostels have the coca leaves, um, which you kind of can steep like tea. Um, and they usually tell you to chew them or put them in tea or something like that. I'm like, Oh, why not? I'll see how that, let's see if it does anything. And did it work? Is it elevation in, in Cusco? The first night I was in Cusco, I had a headache for sure that I, I knew was just elevation yeah. and it was low level, kind of like groggy, whatever. And then after the, the night there kind of still had it the second night. Um, but once I got on trail and I started moving it, it really went away pretty quickly. Um, whether or not it was from the tea I had had the night before or just acclimation it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad after that second night, everything seemed to be fine Yeah, um, and work itself out. So what was the trail actually like? What was the terrain like? Was it well-marked? Yeah, it's a, it's a well-marked trail, well-traveled. Uh, a little tricky to find the signs in the beginning when I was walking in, I felt like I was either going through a farmer's backyard or is this the right one? Or is this a, like a dirt road or something like that? But there are signs that I managed to find and the map that I had just kind of linked up and it was like, yeah, this is, this is the way to go. And there's a sign and this is the Salcante track and, and you just follow that. And it's a well-traveled trail. So the trail starts pretty wide, kind of like you could drive a, it's grass and dirt, but you could have driven a, a small, a four by four up it pretty easily. Um, and then there are definitely parts where it starts getting narrower, where you're on a lot of rock, when you're getting higher elevations, you're getting on a lot of rock goes from dirt to rock pretty often, but they they also take a lot of, um, you know, either alpacas or donkeys or some of the different animals you see along the way. Um, animals can do it just as easily. Yeah. Yeah. So did you get views of Machu Picchu like at different parts of the trail or when did that come into sight? Yeah, so I didn't really get to see Machu Picchu on this section. There was one spot where um, I had run into some people that had cameras and stuff, and they were like, that's that's going to be it over there. But I really couldn't tell. Like, I would never have guessed, like, oh, that's it. I can see it. That's Machu Picchu. Um, if someone hadn't pointed out kind of where it was about, 
and to me, I'm just like, I don't even know if I'm looking at it yet. <laughs> I don't quite know where it is, but that's, you know, apparently where they were and they were pointing it out. Some of the other people I'd seen, they're like, that's Machu Picchu. And it's like, okay, but I couldn't have told you that. Yeah. Um, yeah. The views of the mountains though, are just like, actually this like four years ago, I still have one of the photos of, of the Salkanti mountain as my background on my desktop on my computer. Cause it's just gorgeous. Like the white cap mountain and you know, the, the gorgeous trail will go and buy it. The views are stunning, phenomenal. Well, this is sounding like an, an experience you should have. Um, as far as trekking to Machu Picchu, why would you, I mean, I know you can take a train to Machu Picchu. What do you think makes it more special to do the, the hike or the trek versus getting there an easier way? Hmm. I, it's got to be a personal thing. Um, yeah, because I do know there is a place you can take the train to Agua Caliente and the ruin, um, just past that to the Machu Picchu. You pretty much take it to town and in the town there's plenty of hotels and stuff like that and it's got to be either a preference you know if you if you're not a hiker that um, you know this trek isn't necessarily for you and you're at elevation you know going over some really high passes so definitely not for everybody and timing maybe you don't have the time and you want to see Machu Picchu um, then yeah I could see the train being an, an option as a way to get there yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Other than hiking, but you can kind of do both. You can actually hike to the train and then take the train a short distance to Agua Calientes. I just walked the train tracks. I actually thought it was a lot of fun. Um, beautiful. But um, And you didn't get run over by a train. <laughs> Luckily. <laughs> it's actually really cool to see the trains go by, though. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I like trains. Trains are it's a fun way to travel in yeah. in normal times. Yeah. Yeah, that too, but there's enough people that walk. There's a path that is kind of offset from the train tracks where you can walk off of it where you, you don't really have to worry too much about the train. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's enough people that do that section on foot. So did you pass tour groups while you were on the track? Yep. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and it's fun. You kind of see the camaraderie where there's, you know, five or six people or more. Um, and as a group, you can have like some of like, you don't have to carry your pack. It's, this is, it can be done a lot like the Inca trail where you're not carrying your own stuff. Maybe you have a small day pack with a couple things in it, but the groups that do it, a lot of them just have the mules carry all the gear, food, tents or whatever. Um, and you don't have to carry anything. Well, um, that sounds great. Yeah, you could do it that way. Um, I typically think those just run a lot slower, which is fine. It, I think their average is like five nights out on. Okay. Out on the walk. Um, but, so yeah. So what were you doing for food? So you weren't on a tour group. You're on your own. Um. You know, how did you eat on the trail? 
I'd say KFC, but actually, (laughs) (laughs) Um, no. So you can stop and get stuff in towns. Plus, like I knew I was only going to be up there a couple nights. So ramen, I don't know how I haven't gotten sick of ramen noodles yet, but I just haven't. And I really enjoy them sometimes at dinner and camping. It's like, I don't know, I got my jet boil, I got my ramen, I've got, you know, a chai tea and just it's it's a wonderful dinner for me. Um, plus, you know, other things like if you can bring some snacks or fruit or carrots or, you know, anything else that, um, you enjoy. I had an apple, um, for sure on that first night I ate it cause it was getting so cold and I'm like, this isn't going to last the night. <laughs> but, um, I also had some, uh, power bars and, you know, things like that. So yeah. light food, easy to carry. And there's also things along this trail places that have, things that you can buy if you want to buy chips or snacks or food along the way on this trail. There's some people that actually have little stations that were out not guaranteed because, you know, it looks like they're just there during the day. And if they're not there tomorrow, you might, you know, it doesn't look like it's permanent. Right. Uh, There are a couple places along the way that you can stop and get a meal or food or the one night I rented a blanket because it got really cold. Well, that, I mean, that's convenient that you're able to rent a blanket. Yeah. One of those heavy wool blankets. Actually, there's a photo I'll send you. of uh, I was doing some night photography out there the first night and the Milky Way was one of the best photos of the Milky Way I ever got right over my tent and the hut. Cause there's like a hut that I, you can rent for a couple dollars. And I just put my sleeping bag out, but I'm laying there in my sleeping bag and I'm like, it's getting cold and I can manage this, but why like they right blankets so yeah <laughs> I yeah don't, i totally. don't need to suffer no. so i just rented a blanket for a couple dollars and it was probably the best three dollars i've ever spent <laughs> 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 heavy wool blanket and just a fantastic night's sleep in this little hut you know kind of like a lean to yeah um, yeah there's things along the way that that can help you out if you need it that sounds amazing uh and so what was what was Machu Picchu like? Oh, yeah, that was phenomenal. So in the morning, um, wake up early in the morning to get there. So it's heavily touristed. There's a lot of people going in. Um, so you, I stayed in Aguas Calientes and ended up walk. You walk down to where the entrance is. Now, there's, there's a long switchback road that goes up to Machu Picchu from the entrance gate. Mm-hmm. So you can take a bus from the town up the road to Machu Picchu where the entrance is, or a lot of people walk it. It's kind of like a, you know, if you're going to hike all that way, don't take a bus up the last part of the road. Just, <laughs> there's a walk, and you're literally walking from the bottom where the entrance is all the way to the top. Um, and that's, that was just for me. I'm like, I got to walk it. So you go and you get in line because in the morning, you, you know, I was one of the first, few dozen people in line, I suppose. And, um, everyone just kind of lines up because when they open the gate, um, you can then go up and get your entrance into Machu Picchu. Mm -hmm. Um, and you, you also need to, um, earlier get your permit to go in. Um, when you get to the town, there's a whole permit thing and it's pretty easy to follow, but they want you to make sure you have a ticket to get into Machu Picchu ahead of time on the day that you're going. 
Mm-hmm. At least that's the way it was when I went, you know, a few years ago, I have no idea if it's changed or what they're doing now yeah. for their rules. But, um, so you have your ticket, you have your entry, and then they open the gate and you walk all the way up to where the bus goes. And then you enter Machu Picchu and you keep walking up to get there. It's, it's, a it's a long way up to the ruins. Once you get there, you're probably out of breath anyway at that point, but there's even more. Once you get to Machu Picchu, you can hike up even higher above it. There's two trails um, that go higher than Machu Picchu. So you can get the overlook, but just walking through the ruins, you're, you're up at elevation on this. It feels like this area of a field that's on a ridge line, but pretty wide. Um, you've seen the photo and, and just the view of all of the mountains around you. Mm-hmm. And you feel like you're in this old, you can just imagine the old town that used to be there his own stone ruins that are, that are left over. Uh, just phenomenal. Absolutely beautiful. Ooh, I mean, what is going through your head? I mean, being in those ruins. Oh, well, yeah. I, I mean, really I put back what it would be like to live there when this was actually a community, like imagining the roofs, cause there's no wooden, I'm imagining the roofs were all made of wood. Um, thatch or whatever and the stones and the walls are all still there so just imagining all of the the roofs on these buildings and maybe the animals and the farms going on around there on this um, town that they would have had and just the idea of living there when it was at its you know when it was functioning as a village um, and how just every day and night how beautiful that must be that's really was going through my mind a lot of what it would be like to live there when it was still a functioning town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what an experience I've, I've never been in something that old before um, in like ancient ruins. And I think that'd be really interesting to be a part of. What time of year was this? Winter? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So this would have been um, late summer, early fall. Um, for me, that's when I ended up doing Machu Picchu. Um, still still kind of like hot temperature wise, but of course, at elevation, not too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so like September, October, kind of in that area there. And then would you would you recommend that? for future hikers. Yeah. I, I really don't know their season as far as like when to go, when to not go. Um, timing wise for me, just schedule wise, it worked out perfect. And it's like, yep, this is when I'm going. Um, and that, and I just kind of figured out, okay, this is when I can go. Let's book my ticket. And timing wise, it just worked out for me, but, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what the other seasons would be like. And it was like, yep, it just worked out. And weather was perfect the whole time I was there. I didn't run into any problems. Um, so, so I, but I can't vouch for the other part times of the year. How do you, how do you do with your English there? I got by <laughs> <laughs> the little Spanish I understood. Um, it's again, heavily touristed. So figuring out sandwiches and drinks and 
booking for the night, everyone pretty much knows when you're, when you're either traveling through or you're a tourist, what you're looking for, um, food, drinks, and, and their English is simple, but it's all you need to get by Yeah. Um, when you're buying something, figuring out how much it is and, or, uh, if they're telling you something, just understanding what they're trying to tell you. Yeah. English simple. Um, and my Spanish is very simple. So uh, <laughs> it was easy enough to get by and, and, you know, like I said, get a bus out to where I needed to go and then figure out things along the way. Yeah. Um, now, if you can, I mean, some people may be able to get a permit for the Inca trail or maybe, or maybe people don't even bother and, and go the, the Sakanti way. What are really the main differences in between these trails? You know, one, you mentioned you need a guide on the Inca, um, but how else do they differ? Um, from what I understand, because obviously I haven't done the Inca trail. From what I understand, um, the Inca trail is the more preferred route. And it's so busy because it is prettier like the views are better um the mountain views and the switchbacks and all of the things and the photos i've seen plus i think there are some other ruins that you can see all along the way on the inca trail when you're heading to machu picchu and i think those groups and the, obviously with tour guides because you have to go with the tour guide um, they know where those are and they'll point out some of the things along the way that you'd want to see so right away if you're with a group, you might actually start experiencing more things that you wouldn't because you didn't know. And you're just mm -hmm. a tourist doing it on your own. Whereas a tour guide is going to know the things that maybe you wouldn't have, or, Oh, there's 10 feet that way <laughs> over that. Look, you'll find this ruin that you wouldn't have seen if you, if no one told you. So um, the views I, I think are the big thing on the Inca trail that changed this. Got that it. Would be different from this hike. So um, how far in advance would someone try to get a permit? Do you uh, think? <laughs> actually, I tried to do this the Inca Trail for like two years <laughs> to get a permit, and it was like uh, I couldn't get one for the time that I could go. And I said, "Okay, well, I'll give up." And I think it was a year, this this time. It was like a year later, and I was like, "Okay, now I'll try and get a permit again ahead of time." And it was like, "No, I couldn't get it." Um, so the friend that I know that had done it, I think she got her permit like a year in advance, Okay. but depending on the time of year, you might be able to get away with six months out. Okay. So if you're, if you're okay months. with a few less views and I mean, cause you can still do a guided trip of the Sakante, um, or, or you could do it on your own, but you, you can still this, get there. You can still trek to it without the permit, which is. Yeah. Exciting. And this trail actually has something that the Inca trail doesn't have. Yeah. Tell me. Um, and that's Humante Lake. Um, there is a more. lake that after the first, on the first night, I should say, there is a short side hike. If you get there early enough, I mean, you could do it in the dark, but you'd want to see this lake. If you were to go on Instagram and see photos of it, you'd be like, oh, Okay, I get it. And in fact, I bet a lot of people that Google this trek will see photos of that lake. It's not on the trail, but it's a short walk off of it. Um, and you get to this lake that's, I think the lake's over 18,000 feet of elevation or something like that. It's, it's stupid high elevation, but it's just this 
blue, turquoise, green, purple. Like it has a whole bunch of colors in it that you can see. And when you see a photo of it, you're just like, that can't be real, but it is. It's like, it's gorgeous. Um, and it's set up in the mountains. So this trek has a lake in it that is absolutely phenomenal. And you should stop and do the side trick to go see the lake if you do this trail because if you if you miss the lake it's like you missed one of the highlights of this of this there's there's the pass the high pass that you go through that's so how do you spell that lake uh i think it's uh human like h-u-m-a-n-t-a-y yeah i think that's how you spell it yeah okay i'm Um, I'm looking this up um Oh my word. Yeah. The mountain, the mountain is uh, above 18,000 feet and the lakes at the bottom of that mountain. Wow. I love everything about these photos. Oh, did you just, you looked up a photo of it? Oh yeah. This is. Yes. So these are my favorite colors. This is what my living room looks like. Are these colors? (laughs) I love love this. This is a highlight of that hike. So definitely add that to the side. It's a little side quest off this hike, but you should definitely go see it. If you're gonna, if you're gonna do this, this trek, because that lake is one of the most beautiful I've seen hiking. Yeah. So I, I talk about accessibility on this podcast and it, I'm really doubting these trucks would be accessible, but I'm just curious for the lake. Do you think there's an accessible route there? Uh, no, no, <laughs> I wouldn't think so. Okay. Um, in, in all of it, it's like, I, well, depending, um, right. I don't know if you can accessible, if you can use an ant, like a, a pack burrow or a, a mule, or something like that. Well, that would be interesting option. I don't know if that's an option or not, but you could use a mule to access these things. So, right. I don't okay. know if riding them is, is an option, but that'd yeah. be the only way I could see you getting that far in to get. And that lake is a pretty quick, steep hike to get up to it from where you would camp. Okay. So extremely unlikely that you'd be accessing this um with a disability i don't yeah. see how you do it okay all right i have to ask you know yeah, i'm, I'm always gathering information uh um, you can access machu picchu just not this track right right yeah. there's trains there's buses there there yep. there's ways to get to machu absolutely. picchu absolutely yep. yeah that can that can be done um Oh my gosh, this lake is now, this is on my list. This is absolutely <laughs> on my list. The colors, I mean, I can't get over this. Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. Wow. Okay, listeners, you have to look it up. We will put a picture of this lake on experiences that you should have, or you could go to Google Images, but definitely check out the show notes. Uh, this, I'm I'm just like in stunned awe mode right now. <laughs> uh any other cool hidden gems about this trek um well i i think in agua caliente that the town that you're headed to just at the base of machu picchu i think walking around that town it was amazing 
Um, I really enjoyed hitting some of the different spots around there. It's, it's like a cobblestone streets and tight alleys and uh, the train like runs almost through the middle at the base of this town. It almost runs through the town um, with the buildings all around it and really, really cool vibe in that town. So I recommend staying a night in that town to just kind of explore it. There's a lot of different shops and stuff too, to see that, um, a lot of the locals have, and it's a little touristy in some spots where um, some of the shops that are set up in there are definitely um, cashing in on the tourists that come through a little higher price and stuff, but right. You know, sticking to the more local stuff um, Mm -hmm. definitely worth walking around that town for a little bit. That's, that's a a pretty cool experience. Mm -hmm. So how much did you budget for this trip? Or would you average, how much should you spend for this trip? Yeah, this trip probably would have been around 2000 if you start including plane tickets and hotel rooms and buses and then the flights back to Lima and then back to the States. It's probably around 2000 when I factor everything into it. Um, I think that's about where that was. It's not bad. That's not bad at all. Um, what did you bring with you in your backpack for this trek? Pretty simple. It was sleeping bag, mattress pad, tent. Um, and that's the um, ultralight stuff that I carry. And then a jet boil. I was able to find fuel there because you can't fly with a canister, but I was able to find fuel in town. And then sleeping gear, um, thermals for night. Cause I knew it would be cold up in the mountains and then a couple, you know, change of clothes, music, mm-hmm. phone, camera. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty simple stuff on this one. Yeah. And I did have my, my night photography stuff with me. So, uh, I'll definitely send you that photo. Cool. Please, 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 please. But yeah, not too much else in my pack there. Just, uh, my personal locator beacon and a spork. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. And, and as far as when you're, when you're on this trip, you're in Peru. Um, how, how were you, you know, culturally appropriate or how did you plan for that or learn about different customs to, to be appropriate? Pretty much for that was just taking a, well, first of all, following the touristy stuff, you end up um, in the cities if you're going through Lima or Cusco and you're following the things that tourists do, usually around people to, that'll point out things or say, oh, hey, this or whatever. Um, and just constantly being respectful, trying to understand what's, what's going on. And then like, I, I remember on the way back to to Cusco on the bus um, our bus had a flat tire and we were on the side of the road for quite a while we got out and we had snacks whatever but it was just like there's nothing you can really do and you know people are doing the best so you're just kind of like yeah well hey this happens and if we're here a couple hours so be it you know mm-hmm. um, it, you know not getting frustrated like some people might where you know things aren't quite going the way they planned <laughs> it can happen and and just being like yeah can i help or uh, anything like that everyone's really pretty cool down there i didn't really run into anybody that um 
wasn't just kind of living their best life and doing mm-hmm. their thing. Yeah. yeah. So anything that I ran into where someone's like, no, then it's like, oh, okay, well, what, <laughs> like, what am I doing wrong or whatever? Just being respectful. If there is something that I, that I didn't realize. Sure. Sure. Now I've heard amazing things about Peruvian food. Did you eat well when you weren't eating ramen on the trail? <laughs> um, yeah, there was definitely some dishes that I had had um, that I couldn't really remember. Actually, I, the the friend that I had met in Cusco that had lost, I got to this hostel and she had lost everything, her passport and all this other stuff. She, um, I was helping her get like her mom was trying to wire her money, but she couldn't do anything without a passport. She couldn't even collect the money her mom was trying to send her. So I had helped her, you know, her mom sent the money to me at Western Union. We helped get all this stuff. And then we walked around the city just to hit all these food spots. Um, we went out trying to find this place that did waffles, but they were closed. Um, and we ended up at this other vegan restaurant that just had this amazing tapestries hanging from the ceiling and just really cool atmosphere inside and different teas. And then, um, you know, the things I was ordering, I'm like, I have no idea what I'm eating, but it's delicious and it's vegetable based. And, um, some of the different stuff they had had there was fantastic, but a lot of it, I couldn't really tell you like, Oh, this is this dish or or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely ended up at KFC once. Oh, <laughs> so like, you know, it's like, I'm hungry. I'm getting on a bus. I need something quick. I don't know. I know what that is and that'll be quick and easy. Um, and then there's of course the street food people doing that and mm-hmm. not everybody's some people will say, don't even trust the street food, but it's like, no, I'm here. I'm going to try it. If Yeah. Do you have any digestion issues no, or do you I work? Don't. Okay. No. I, good. you know, and usually when I travel, I carry uh, um, probiotics and stuff. Flora, it's not quite probiotics, flora store that I travel with that I take often if I'm in other countries like mm-hmm. Thailand or, you know, Peru or things like that. I always have that with me because I think that stuff makes your stomach bulletproof no matter what you're eating. So sure. Sure. Um, and what about yeah, tipping? No Was it a tipping culture? Uh, here and there. Yeah. Um, for sure. Because you have guides, you have bus drivers, you have people that are, um, and things are pretty cheap, mm-hmm. um, as far as what you're doing, where you're going. So customary, like you just, you know, like renting a blanket or buying some food or something like that. No, but, um, where I ended up on the bus and it's like, yeah, you know, you pay your, you get your ticket and at the end, sometimes you will see the bus driver do a, you know, a lot of these buses too could be just local buses where they're like bringing people from town to town to town. And, and those guys really didn't um, seem to even ask or whatever it was just, yeah, they were just the bus driver. You bought your ticket, but some that were guides and stuff like that, you definitely could just give them an extra few mm-hmm. um, that you realize they're going out of their way a little bit to help you out and do what they're doing it's like yeah he and and i've heard on the treks when you're with a tour group um they actually kind of give you the what you should be tipping the guides that are with you and you actually tip all your guides you know every day so like there's an amount that you're tipping them at the end of the trek so that can get a little pricey but mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah nothing you know nothing i ran into that was any like, oh, I didn't realize this. It was, it was all pretty standard stuff. Yeah. 
Cool. Well, anything else you want to add about this trek or Machu Picchu? Go do it. (laughs) Go enjoy (laughs) Peru. Yeah. Um, Spend a little time in Lima. Um, Do that. There's a lot of museums and cultural things to see there. Um, There was, uh, I don't know why, but sometimes I like to go into the catacombs when I go into different cities and there's a catacomb in Lima that was really impressive and kind of gives you an idea of, of like how many people there are on this planet that have been before you. Um, But there's some really cool stuff, museums and churches and cathedrals to see in Lima Um, do that in Cusco as well. Um, And then uh, really get to Machu Picchu somehow and get up there and see it and do a little extra hiking to go a little bit higher. Um, Really cool views of Machu Picchu from above it. Ah, it's a really good tip. Uh, well, we will include all these tips in the show notes on experiences that you should have. Rob, you have been a wealth of information. We have multiple episodes with Rob. Please go check them out because, you know, trekking and hiking is a, is a nice thing you can do and without the crowds. And, and I don't know, just an adventure to be had. It helps you get it's an education out there that you won't get any other way yeah yeah and, and colors these colors of the lake <laughs> is so great yeah. Uh, I yeah i this this is amazing absolutely amazing uh thank you thank you rob just truly appreciate you sharing and, and taking the time to share with our listeners it's my pleasure anytime Thank you so much for listening to Experiences You Should Have podcast. If you love experiences, please go back through and listen to some of our older episodes. We have lots of hiking episodes. If you're into diving, lots of fun diving and ocean episodes. So dig in there. We also have some fun food ones like making Italian pizza. So listen on, tell your friends and family, and until our next adventure.